Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report. It's our little podcast that we do for you, Saints and Pelicans fans, and we are pleased to do it for you each and every weekday. We call it No Appointment Radio. And today, our No Appointment Radio visit includes David Wesley, of course. This is a Wesley Wednesday. Pelicans are hot right now and back home tonight. We'll talk to David about Pistons and Pelicans tonight at the Smoothie King Center. We'll also talk with Jake Chapman from the Pistons Radio Network. And we'll turn our attention to football and start a little mini-series here about free agency and needs for the teams in the NFC South. So we've got a busy Wednesday for you here. Uh, For those of you not in the Gulf South, it's like 80 degrees this afternoon, uh, but tomorrow it'll be 40 degrees. Um, I'm done with it. (laughs) I'm ready for 72. 72. Let's just zero in on that for like six weeks. That'd be perfect. Uh, No, we're all good here today, and um, certainly glad you're with us. I know a lot of the talk around the NFL continues about yesterday's trade between the Eagles and the Bills. Um, And today, uh, just around the offices here, mixed reviews. Uh, who made out better, uh, hard to say. But, you know, LaShawn McCoy now, uh, well, reportedly soon to be a Buffalo Bill. Uh, and then uh, a linebacker with Oregon ties makes his way to Philadelphia to play for Chip Kelly. We'll see what happens there. Uh, that'll be interesting. And that was certainly a part of the water cooler conversation around these parts today. Uh, the other thing on our minds was a new player for the Pelicans. Elliot Williams has signed a 10-day contract. He'll be available tonight for New Orleans. Williams has been tearing it up in the NBA D-League. He's a D-League All-Star this year. Uh, He's had two call-ups already. He's played a 10-day with Utah and a 10-day with Charlotte. Um, None of them all that remarkable, but look, this is a 6'5 guard who can defend the ball apparently and uh, get his own shot. So we'll see how he pans out over the next 10 days. Uh, Not sure how much he'll play game-wise, but the Pelicans certainly will get a great look at him on the practice floor and at shoot-arounds. And uh, this would probably be, if you're looking at a window here, uh, 10 days from today would be obviously the middle of the month. And then if you were to sign a second 10-day, now you're talking about toward the end of March. Uh, it wouldn't be unrealistic that if he were to work out uh, in a way that the Pelicans like, maybe he's a guy that you have for the rest of the way. 
We'll see. And a lot of it may depend on Drew Holiday's uh, recovery as well. Speaking of recoveries on the Pelican side, um, I'm not willing to bet because I don't do that. Um, but I'm willing to say with some confidence that uh, I think Anthony Davis is going to play tonight <laughs> Excuse me, against the Detroit Pistons. Calling it a game-time decision, I think they're probably uh, waiting to see how pregame warm-ups go to be absolutely sure. But uh, I would not be shocked if uh, 23 was on the floor for the Pelicans tonight. And they could use them against a formidable front line coming our way from the Detroit Pistons. We'll also welcome home Greg Monroe tonight to his uh, hometown as he visits as a member of the Pistons once again. So a lot on our minds today, and uh, we want to get our conversation started with some good guests here in just a moment. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, Wesley Wednesday, uh, then we'll talk with Jake Chapman from the Pistons Radio Network, and then uh, finally we'll wrap up with some football talk. Pat Yasinskis from ESPN.com. He covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a daily basis. He'll join us to talk about what the Bucks are up to, including their big visit uh, from a certain quarterback uh, on campus yesterday. All right, so with that being said, quick timeout, then right back with David Wesley. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Time now to begin our Wesley Wednesday festivities, which can only be had with David Wesley himself. It'd be hard to have a Wesley Wednesday without Dub, right, David? Yeah, it, it, it would be a little bit hard to can't have a Wesley Wednesday without a Wesley. That's right. Not just any Wesley. We have to have David Wesley. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I'm, and I'm in the building. I'm good. Yeah. I just, just got in yesterday from Longview, Texas, seeing, uh, seeing the grandson, Kendrick. Yes. And uh, he's great. Chip he's off great. the old block? Yes, he is. He looks just like me. What kind of a handle does he have? <laughs> uh, we're working on his handle. He's dribbling, but not, not the good dribble. <laughs> the dribble off the chin? Yes. 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 He spit up all over me. Oh. Like formula all the way back. Oh, I love him already. I haven't even met the yeah. kid. <laughs> Excellent. Glad that yeah. you're back uh, in town. So are the Pelicans tonight. They get set to take on the Detroit Pistons, first of three here. And I think, David, after Monday, you know, I, I wasn't as disappointed as I thought I would be with the loss to Dallas. You've still won five of your last six. What was your takeaway from the Dallas game? Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't bummed out. Obviously, uh, it was. It was there for the taking, but uh, Dallas did a good job of closing that one out. Uh, but it was a good run for the Pelicans uh, in a in a shorthanded situation. 
made no excuses and, and went out there and took care of business for five games, uh, put the Dallas loss away and get back started. What was your favorite uh, aspect of the of the run, if you will? What what impressed you the most about these Pelicans? I, I think the collective effort. Uh, you know, uh, different guys stepping up uh, in that stretch. Two uh, career highs were set. Um, you know, Luke Babbitt getting you know some more minutes and, and taking full advantage of it. Uh, the addition of Norris Cole, you know, coming in, bringing that spark off the bench, that change of pace, which is has been great. Uh, Eric Gordon, you know, catch and shoot has been tremendous. And Tyreek, Tyreek has been the, the 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 engine, the the one that makes this go. And when he is locked into passing the basketball and getting guys involved, especially early, that contagious type of basketball fuels the team. And 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 they've been playing well. And and that's what they have to remember. After the loss, get right back on it uh, again tonight. It's going to be a tough matchup in the paint. Uh, they're so big inside, so uh, they're going to have to do the job. They're going to actually have to put a body on somebody. When you look back at the at the, at the last six, we'll just take that there. I mean, we kind of go back past the last Wesley Wednesday, but, David, when you've watched this team now, um, are you more in belief that they can earn a playoff spot, or are you still holding back on judgment of that? Uh, you know, I'm still holding back on judgment simply because it's going to take them to continue what they just did. And for that to be their first stretch of five-game winner all season, um, can they repeat? Can they go on this run again? Now, uh, with the with Anthony Davis coming back either tonight or, you know, in the next few days, um, Ryan Anderson can't be but about a week or so away Uh week and a half away at the most, and then hopefully Drew Holiday shortly after that. Uh, you know, when you start adding all those guys into the fold, does it make them better? Or do they, again, then start having to f- figure out what my role is and when do I shoot, and does that affect their chances of winning games? So it's kind of hard to say when you have three of their top three guys. I mean, that's their top, th- you know, it's, it's kind of hard to say what kind of team they'll be when you put them back into the fold. You kind of started to answer my next question, David, and that's, you know, that's the chemistry issue. When when Anthony Davis comes back, which I think there's a very good chance of that tonight, um, it does change the rotation. And will that change then production? Obviously the numbers will change, but I guess the effectiveness of different guys in maybe a little slightly diminished role, can that can that cause a problem? It, it certainly can, and, and I, I don't know if you remember, but going into the season, uh, not just into this season, but the season before, uh, you know, especially with last year, Anthony Davis coming into his own, being a big-time scorer, we, you know, we know he can be. I, I said that at the beginning of this season, especially that what, who's gonna, who's going to accept their role, and and right now you got a group of guys, Tyreek, who's getting anything he wants. He can go out and get you forty points or he can go out and pass the ball around and get you 15 assists it's his choice the ball is in his hands he's decided to go out and get you 10 12 assists not try to go get you 40 that's been a winning recipe for the pelicans gordon he's catch and shoot he's aggressive uh he's playing a lot better than he did at the beginning of the season when everybody was here he has a little more freedom his role is a little more defined when you bring those guys back, 
Anthony Davis, obviously, 25, 25 a game. Okay, well, that takes a lot away from a lot of other guys. Ryan Anderson coming off the bench, again, you know, a lot of scoring potential. Takes away from a lot of guys. And then Drew Holiday eventually comes back, and he's your starting point guard, which moves everybody over a slot. How does that How does that all work out? And it can be very, very difficult, especially when guys like success, and they like to, you know, go out and get you 20. And then all of a sudden that 20 has to be 12, and you have to be okay with it. You know, 12 and a win, I, I love it. And, you know, it, it's going to be important to see if these guys can do it. And the bad part about it is, they have to do it, and they have to do it quick. They don't have a whole lot of time. It's not like the beginning of the season where you can kind of work it out throughout the season. you got, you know, not a whole lot of games to, to get this done, and, and by the time everybody gets back, it could be, you know, 17 or fewer games. Mm-hmm. Hey, Alexia Jintz has proven to be a very good backup to Omer Ashik in this uh, most recent stretch of games. Give me something, David, that you see now in a Jintz's game that perhaps we didn't see last year or even early this season? A fight. Uh, go after situations, block shots, uh, go over somebody's back and get a rebound. Uh, his ability to stay on the floor because he's not just out there fouling. I think not just me, but a lot of people that have watched Agenda has, has seen that he's a very skilled big man. He he's, has a turnaround jump shot. He has a face-up jump shot. Uh, he can catch and shoot. Uh, he has a few moves down there on the block. And and now with his confidence, they, they even look better. Uh, but the things that have kept him off the floor is, one, his motor, and, uh, two, him fouling. He's changed that this year, and now he's being a lot more effective. It's It's really been fun to watch. It's interesting. There seem to be two different conversations right now going on in the Pelicans locker room, David, with regard to this uh, race for a playoff spot. You've got those on one hand who say, yes, I love watching the scoreboard. I want to know what those around us are doing every day. And then you've got the others that say, we're just worried about ourselves. We're taking it one game at a time. Um, Based on your playing days and the playoff chases that you were in or seeding battles that you were in, what would you advise these guys to do with regard to watching or not watching? Well, here's here's the way I look at it. The obvious is you take care of business, then you have no control over everything else. That's the obvious. That's the, you know, every day that's what I'm, you know, I'm going to say that and then I don't have to worry. Everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. If they tell you they're not watching, that's not true. They know every time Oklahoma City wins a game or loses a game, and they probably know every time Phoenix wins a game or loses a game. It's hard not to. It's on TV. If you watch TV, if you're talking around the locker room, somebody's talking about it, you're going to overhear it. It's it's not something you have to worry about because things are going to take care of themselves. You're either going to win your games and get in, or you're not going to win your games and Oklahoma City or somebody's going to put on this amazing run, you know, Eight of ten, you know, nine of twelve, and you know, get into the playoffs. So it's it's kind of up to the Pelicans to to do what they need to do, and that's that's put on a string of games. They they've gone five of six. Can they make that ten of eleven? Can they make that ten of twelve? And runs like that will will certainly mean 
we've taken care of our business and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, it may take just that, too. For David Wesley here with us from Fox Sports New Orleans. Uh, let's go back to your thought about the game tonight, specifically against Detroit, with the fact that Anthony Davis uh, probably will play tonight. Um, give me your biggest storyline or, or, or concern or however you want to frame it. I don't care. But what's top of mind for you with tonight's game? Well, I, I think they're inside. Their inside play is, 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 is something that has to be dealt with. In the game up there, Drummond, who is a rebounding uh, machine, two rebounds, two points. That is huge. Can they do it again? Uh, also, uh, Detroit comes into the game tonight, first in offensive rebounds, fourth in rebounds, first and second chance points, fourth in points in the paint. Now, the Pelicans are second in points in the paint. So, you know, those kind of things are, are you know, how are they going to all uh, pan out? Up there, points in the paint were the same. Second chance points went to the Pelicans. Uh, so it was it was really a battle, and the Pelicans beat them up on the boards, 47 to 30. So can they repeat that? That's how they're going to win tonight. Good, good call there. Hey, before I let you go, um... You and I have talked about this privately a little bit, but perhaps a thought publicly about the kind of the week that was in the NBA with regards to losing uh, three of our probably uh, more likable and if not, uh, you know, indemnable spirits. Uh, Earl Lloyd passes away in the last week. Jerome Kersey passed away and Anthony Mason, too. Um, that's a tough one to swallow. All three of them, but maybe specifically Anthony Mason most recently. Well, for for me, uh, and 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 I look at Anthony Mason not just as a teammate, but a brother in this league, uh, a guy that that you know was one of the best warriors uh, that I've ever played with. Uh, but his age being so close to mine, it, it it really hits home, and it's very sad to, to see one of one of our brothers fall. But um, you know, you look at Jerome Kersey, He you know he wasn't you know very old either. And then the first black player in Lloyd, you know, you just, it just, it's really sad, but, you know, it's a part of life and, uh, you know, it gives you a heavy heart moving forward. Yep. And I hate to end on that note, but I didn't want to let the moment pass without something from you on, on that front. So I appreciate it. And, um, yes, sir. On a more positive note, uh, you'll get to see me later today. And, and that's what's important. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, chomping at the bit to get there and, and shoot my hook. Yes, yes. The pregame hook ritual will continue tonight at the Smoothie King Center. And uh, we'll all be on board and ready to go for that. I know that you'll be ready to go with Joel Myers tonight. Uh, what is we got? 7 o'clock tip-off, right? Yes, sir. All right. There you go. The man will be on TV tonight, and he's with us on Wednesdays on the Black and Blue Report. That's David Wesley. We'll continue our conversation about Pelicans-Pistons here in just a moment. Daniel Salerson sits down with Jake Chapman from the Pistons Radio Network to discuss more about tonight's matchup. I'm Chip Chapman, here on the street asking people what they would do with a $40 million Powerball jackpot from the Louisiana Lottery. I'd fly to Italy to go shoe shopping with my girlfriends. I'd invest it, of course. I could double that money in no time. And you, sir. I'd buy me a vacation home on my own private island and a new sports car and a golden hot tub. That's club. quite enough from you, sir. Play Powerball at any Louisiana Lottery retailer. Starting jackpot, $40 million. Must be at least 21 to purchase. 
The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to secure early bird pricing and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. We continue our Pelicans-Pistons preview with a Detroit point of view. He's the studio host for the Pistons Radio Network, and he's also a good friend of mine. Jake Chapman joins me now. Jake, hope all is well in Motown, my friend. Hi, Daniel. How are you, buddy? I'm great. Thank you, Jake. Uh, Before I get to how this team is doing right now, uh, just describe this uh, season for the Pistons. It's been, I just wrote a blog yesterday about it. It's been four seasons in one season, Daniel. It's been, um, it, 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 you always say the NBA season is long and it's a roller coaster, but they're really putting that theory to the test this year because they started out 5-23 and 23 and it was pretty much a lost season. They waived Josh Smith, and I think part of that also was they got Jody Meeks back into the rotation. He certainly helped a, a, a bit. Um, and they got three days off, like straight days off at Christmas. Um, to practice, and, and they waived Josh Smith on a Monday. They didn't have another game until Friday, and that stretch, they started 12-3. and three. They went 12-3 uh, and three over their next 15 games, and they looked like a whole new team. Brandon Jennings was playing great in the month of January, and he gets hurt, and so you got to adapt to that. They went 4-7 and seven, uh, into the All-Star break, and then they made a major deal to the All-Star break. They traded away two starters, DJ Augustine and Kyle Singler. They get in Reggie Jackson and Tayshaun Prince, and now they're two – uh, two and three out of the break, and they're just sort of they're, they're trying to make the new pieces match, but also I think you're starting to see some of the young core, Andre Drummond, KCP, um, and Greg Monroe sort of bogged down a little bit just with what you've seen this season. It's been so up and down. So they're sitting there in the, you know, in the Eastern Conference. Um, they're certainly in the chase for the last two spots, three games out of the seventh seed uh, and two and a half back of Brooklyn right now for the eighth seed. I tend to think they won't make it with 23 games left. A lot of these games are on the road, mm-hmm. 15 of them. As a matter of fact, they have six of the next seven on the road. The month of March looks brutal, four sets of back-to-back. So they'll probably come up a little short, but certainly in short order, you know, less than a year, Stan Van Gundy has completely turned around the roster, and you have some young talent moving forward that you think you can build around. Let's talk about Stan Van Gundy. I'm glad you brought him up. You were with him in Orlando, so you know how he is as a person on and off the court. Is he the same Stan Van Gundy you saw in Orlando, or is he approaching this coaching job a little differently? It's a really good question. It's probably, you know, when I took this job up here, I just left Orlando last year. That was one of the storylines that I thought was going to be really compelling um, to be able to watch, you know, develop over a couple seasons. And He's a little bit different, Daniel. I mean, you remember how prickly he could be with the media because he was sort of at the end. You know, they were expecting success at that point in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And when he took this job, I think certainly he was empowered by the owner. He was given complete carte blanche. You know, he's the president as well of the basketball operation. So everybody in the building on the basketball side is, um, you know, approved by Stan Van Gundy. And so I think it's a little bit smoother in that sense, you know. He didn't get any backlash when he wanted to waive Josh Smith, which was essentially swallowing like $30 million of salary right. just to keep the guy away. Um, he didn't get any hesitation when they made the move for Reggie Jackson, which was essentially making a move for two to three years down the road. Um, I don't want to say punting, but it's kind of like giving up on your chance for the postseason this year. And he said as much. 
he said, if we wanted to make a run, try to sneak into the Eastern Conference bottom two seeds, um, stability probably would have been the way to go with D.J. Augustine and Kyle Singler. We thought getting a, a player like Reggie Jackson would be good for the future. So he's definitely not the head coach that is going to go out and do everything he has to do to win that night that he was in, in, in Orlando. He's sort of mellowed in that regard, and he understands the, the, the fact that as president, he has to have one eye on the future and one eye on the present. Um, I think it's been difficult for him. He's talked to, to us about it. Um, you know, so he, he, he's, he still has to fight back those urges as a head coach um, to, you know, to not make a move for tomorrow and for this season. Right. Um, but, but certainly, I think two years away from the game, I think the way it ended in Orlando with all that acrimony between him and the front office, um, I think he's learned some lessons, and I think he's mellowed a little bit, and he seems to be relating to the young players, which I think is probably the most important thing. Do you see Greg Monroe being there long-term in Detroit? You know, we're all asking that same question. It's, it, it's, it's really difficult to answer because clearly last year he had his eye, you know, the, the back the backstory, I don't know if everybody knows, is that he was offered a, essentially a four-year, $48 million, maybe $50 million extension last summer, which he turned down, and he signed a one-year qualifying offer, which means he's an unrestricted free agent this summer, but it also means that over the course of this year, if, if the Pistons wanted to trade him away, A, he had a no-trade clause. He would have to approve any trade, and B, he would lose his bird rights in that deal because the Pistons would own it because he signed that qualifying offer. So... Basically, he goes into this season, the Pistons can offer him more money and for more years than anybody else, and it's higher raise rates um, over the course of the contract. But we know in his five seasons now in Orlando, or in, in Detroit, he's gone through so many different head coaches and he's lost so many different games, um, and, and he's, he's just had a, a terrible time. If he doesn't trust Stan Van Gundy implicitly, then he's probably going to want to leave. Um, so this season's kind of been you know, a test for him and, and for Stan to see if the two of them like each other. They've said nothing but positive things in the media, um, but he's got a lot of options this summer, and if he wants to be a part of, of, of Stan's core, then um, then it's a no-brainer because he gets more money and, um, and and he'll stick around. But if he wants to go out and explore, certainly there's going to be interest in a lot of places. Gotcha, gotcha. Let's talk about this Detroit team right now. They've lost three in a row coming into tonight's game. Two of those losses came against Cleveland and Washington, but one of those came against the Knicks as well. What is what has gone wrong for Detroit in their last three games? Yeah, in the last three, it's interesting because that Cavs game, I mean, the Cavs were rolling. They're playing so well, and actually the Pistons played pretty well in that game. Um, the Washington and New York games were, were, were issues, and, and the New York game was um, a game here at the Palace. It, was, it went into double overtime. It was it was not the best performance. It was a game that the Pistons should have won about 10 different times. Langston Galloway hit a bomb three at the end of regulation. Um, it was one of those you throw your hands up games. Now, the Wizards game as well, like the Pistons beat the Wizards last Sunday pretty convincingly um, here in Detroit. And then this past Sunday, it looked a lot like the Knicks game, or it should say this past Saturday. It looked a lot like the Knicks game. They turned the ball over a whole bunch of times. They got out-rebounded, and they shot less than 31% from three-point range. And that's been... You know, that's the recipe for the Pistons. They have to out-rebound teams with Monroe and Drummond. Um, they can't turn the ball over, and since Reggie Jackson's been here, he has turned the ball over, and the offense has looked out of sync. Um, and they have to knock threes down. And so when they're not doing any of those things, they're a poor free-throw shooting team as well. This is just a couple statistics you can point to and say they have to do these things better or at least you know as well as they have when they've been able to win games throughout the course of the year. And that's what failed the last two games going to be very interesting tonight against the Pelicans. I mean, 
you know, obviously Anthony Davis's uh, uh, situation, whether or not he plays, will affect the game quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But even without, um, Pelicans are a pretty good rebounding team, from what I recall, the last time they were up here. And uh, and and it's going to be that, that's what's going to the game's going to come down to is who wins the battle of the glass because the Pistons cannot win games when they don't. Fair enough. I was going to ask you for some keys of the game, but I figured you just gave them right there. But I do want to ask you yeah. real quick about uh, Reggie Jackson, who the Pistons acquired at the trade deadline and. Jake, he's not really shy about taking shots with his new team. He's put up 15 or more shots in three of his first four games with Detroit. How is he fitting in with his new team? Yeah, in the last two, he's uh, nine for 36. Mm. So I'm pretty sure that's not going to win very many games, especially as a point guard. Um, he is a shoot-first kid, and he, like you said, he's not shy. Um, we talked to Stan about this yesterday. He's putting way too much pressure on himself just in terms of getting this opportunity, being a starting point guard, which he's been asking for um, since he's been in the league in Oklahoma. And the fact that, you know, basically the way he plays over the next 23 games is going to dictate how much money he makes this summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, the Pistons have his rights as a restricted free agent, but he wants, you know, max money or near there. And it, I'm sure that's weighing in on him heavily right now. And Stan said as much yesterday. He said, I sat him down um, on Monday and I talked to him about that. And as an NBA player, as a professional athlete, you have to block that stuff out and just go out there and play. Certainly it looks like that's affecting him right now, but – um, I think eventually it's going to be a great fit. I mean, this is a kid who's a great athlete. He's a great pick-and-roll player, which is what Stan wants to run with Andre Drummond. You remember the formula. If it wasn't Hito, if it wasn't Jameer, yep. it was somebody running pick-and-roll with Dwight Howard, high screen and roll um, with shooters all around. So that's what Stan's shooting for, and that's what he's heading towards uh, eventually. Interestingly enough, that's part of the reason I think Greg Monroe will not re-sign here. I think Stan would rather have a stretch four um, surrounding Andre Drummond, a whole bunch of shooters. Um, but we'll see how that pans out. But I think Jackson will be fine. He's putting a little bit too much pressure on himself right now, as, as, as many kids would. Um, but this kid's got a lot of talent. I mean, you've seen him in, in spot duty in Oklahoma, fill in admirably. So um, I think it'll probably, you know, it'll, I think Stan <clears throat> did sort of say we're building for the future when he made that move. You can't expect it to work in the next six weeks in time to make the postseason more more likely or not. But, um, I, I mean, I think it's a good fit long-term for sure. Good stuff right there. That's Jake Chapman of the Pistons Radio Network. If you want a Detroit perspective on tonight's game, you can follow him at Jake Pistons. Jake, I really appreciate the time. I would say good luck to you guys tonight, but then I would just be lying. <laughs> Anytime, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Coming up next, we begin our tour around the NFC South, talking NFL draft and free agency, and we'll start with the Bucks as Sean Kelly talks with Pat Yasinskis from ESPN.com. Besh Restaurant Group and your Pelicans present an exclusive Chalk Talk dinner at Bourne, a John Besh restaurant. Join us Monday, March 16th at 6.30 p.m. for your chance to enjoy great food prepared by Chef Brian Landry and the Bourne staff. The night will be hosted by a Pelicans broadcaster and include appearances by Pelicans guard Tyreek Evans and general manager Del Dimps. Tickets are limited to enjoy this night of food and fun. Score your seats and get more info at BourneRestaurant.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Albright. I'm 36 years old. I had the perfect life. It was everything I ever dreamed about until two weeks ago. 
I was standing in line at the grocery store, leaning over to empty my cart when I heard it. Mommy, why are her pants too big in the back? And that's when it hit me. I'm wearing mom jeans. Never again. I will look hot in yoga pants. That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new Firm and Burn chocolate peanut butter smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get into those yoga pants. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. Let's turn our attention now to NFL and NFL free agency here on the Black and Blue Report. Tomorrow we'll talk Falcons with the voice of the Atlanta Falcons, Wes Durham. Today we'll start our conversation in the division with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And from ESPN.com, it's Pat Yasinskis who covers the Bucs on a daily basis. Pat, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I can't believe we're ready to talk about the start of the NFL year here next week and then obviously with free agency and whatnot. But the offseason's heating up, and yesterday it seems like the Bucks had a pretty important visitor on campus. Yes, they did. Uh, Jameis Winston was in for his uh, pre-draft visit, uh, which is, was surprisingly early. Usually teams wait until you know about two weeks before the draft before doing that, but uh, they wanted to get him in early. Uh, I think they want to... Uh, you know, get uh, settled on what they're going to do with that number one pick uh, before they get into free agency, uh, and they want to be able to focus on free agency. Uh, and all indications are right now that uh, Jameis Winston is going to be the guy. Um, I mean, that's not set in stone, but uh, every every signal that they're sending uh, points in that direction. And, uh, you know, Lovey Smith at, at the Combine said that he would have no problem with Jameis being the face of his franchise. Uh, so I thought that was pretty telling. And uh, I think that uh, they're definitely headed in that direction. Will they do a similar visit, you think, with Marcus Mariota there at One Buck Place? Yeah, yeah, they're going to bring him in. Uh, I don't know that it's going to be today or tomorrow. It might be a little closer to the draft, but uh, they will bring him in. He still is in the picture. Um, you know, I think that uh, he, he's an alternative if they find something in Jameis's background that they that they don't like, or if. Uh, something new happens uh I, I think marcus is the alternative there um you know they they do like him lovey smith uh spoke highly of him at the combine as well um so it's it's a good uh good fallback option to have pat when you when you hear from bucks fans and i don't know if they're vocal or not right now but what are they saying about the number one pick who would they like uh you know you would think that that winston would be the slam dunk because he's a, a florida state kid um, but uh, there's 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 some hesitancy uh, by fans because of what's gone on in his his uh, off the field stuff. Um, some fans don't want him; uh, they don't want to take that chance. Uh, so it's it's not the overwhelming. Let's get the local guy. Um, there's there's a fair amount of people that want Mariota. So it's it's kind of I wouldn't say it's split down the middle, but I'd say it's about sixty forty uh, with Winston in 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 the lead. Pat Yasinski is from ESPN.com with us here. He covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, let's turn our attention to what will start up next week, and that's the NFL free agency period. I would say um, at this point that last year's free agency period may have not uh, may have not been so fruitful for the Buccaneers, but maybe in, in, in defense of Lovey Smith and his staff, I don't know what they really knew about their team at that point. How are things different this year? What needs can be addressed, do you think, in free agency for Tampa? Well, you brought up a good point that they, they do know their roster better than they did last year. And uh, I, I think last year 
uh, not knowing their roster led to some mistakes uh, in free agency. Um, and they're, they're going to be active again in free agency. That What happened last year is not going to scare them off. Uh, they've got right now more than $30 million, and before all is said and done, they're probably going to have around $40 million in, in cap room. Um, and they're they're going to uh, they're going to use it. Uh, they definitely need help on the offensive line. That's number one on the priority list. Uh, they gave up 52 sacks last year, and they couldn't run the ball. Um, they also need a pass rusher. Um, that's definitely a, a priority. They've got a good pass rush in the middle with Gerald McCoy and, and Clinton McDonald, uh, but they need someone on the outside. Um, so th- I think that will uh, come in free agency as well. Uh, and you could also see a middle linebacker. Uh, Mason Foster has been the starter the last four years, but uh, this coaching staff does not seem sold on him. Uh, they, In the Tampa 2 system, they want someone that can cover a little better. Uh, so I think that uh, middle linebacker is a possibility in free agency as well. Have you heard any names float around a little bit? Um, more draft names. Uh, not, not so much free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the offensive line, uh, you hear a couple of free agents, uh, Mike Ayapati and uh, and Brian Balaga. Um, those two would make a lot of sense. But uh, as a linebacker, I hear more more draft names. And keep in mind, uh, you know, everybody's talking about the number one pick, but they've also got the number 34 pick, um, which is almost like another first rounder. And uh, they should be able to get a good player there, whether it's a, a uh, linebacker or a defensive end. Good stuff. You're on it. I appreciate your knowledge today. Thanks for helping us uh, learn a little bit more about what Tampa may be looking at starting next week. Okay. Yep, have a great rest of your offseason. Okay, you too. Take care. Thank you. Pat Yasinskis from ESPN.com with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll continue our conversation tomorrow about the other teams in the NFC South and what lies ahead with the Atlanta Falcons uh, teed up for tomorrow's uh, show. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll wrap up today's show in just a moment. It's going to be a totally tubular, totally rad 80s night at the Smoothie King Center this Friday. Join us as your Pelicans face off against the Boston Celtics at 7 p.m. and relive the days of cassette tapes and big hair. Pelicans Fest starts at 5.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans dance team. The first 3,000 fans will receive a Pelicans Rubik's Cube, and you won't want to miss Bag of Donuts live at halftime. Tickets start as low as $15, so call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Basketball fans from all over Louisiana are invited to the Louisiana High School Boys and Girls All-Star Basketball Games being held in Shreveport at the Hirsch Coliseum on Saturday, March 21st. The best players from Louisiana will put on an exciting display of showmanship. Tickets are only $10 and games start at 1 p.m. Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, we'll continue our conversation, our little mini-series with regards to NFL free agency and the NFC South. We'll be pleased to have Wes Durham, the voice of the Atlanta Falcons, with us on the Black and Blue Report Thursday edition. Thursday edition also will be a recap of the Pelicans-Pistons game to be played here tonight at Smoothie King Center. Um, Friday's 80s night, right? Yes, Daniel's nodding his head. And we'll, uh, we'll look forward to 80s night at Smoothie King Center on uh, Friday night. And then Paul Flannery um, is a writer for SBNation.com. 
he uh, wrote last week a very interesting piece about Anthony Davis and basketball in New Orleans in general. Um, I read it the other day. I thought it was great. Daniel and I both talked, and we said we got to get this guy on and talk more about what he learned from putting together that article. And uh, he'll be our guest tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. I think probably maybe if if I were to assign you a little homework today, see if you can read that article if you haven't already. Uh, that way, when you listen tomorrow, uh, you'll be uh, you'll be in the loop. And I'm looking forward to our visit with Paul Flannery on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. Of course, that'll be yours afternoon central tomorrow. Uh, it's not right at noon central. We Sometimes it's a little bit before. Sometimes it's a little bit after. But generally, afternoon central, uh, we start putting the word out that the uh, podcast is ready to go. The easiest way to know whether or not it's ready is by following the show on Twitter, and that Twitter handle is at Black Blue Report. With that being said, thanks again to our guest today, Pat Yasinskis from ESPN.com, also David Wesley on a Wesley Wednesday, and, uh, of course, Daniel Salerson. Uh, for his help on Jake Chapman's interview from Pistons Radio Network. Tonight we're on the air at 7 o'clock Central on most all of the Pelicans Radio Network stations. We'll be looking forward to calling the action at Smoothie King Center tonight, first of three here at home, and then we'll wrap it up for you tomorrow uh, on this podcast. For all involved, Sean Kelly saying so long for just a while from the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.